Happy Wednesday, friends. Hi, Lisa. Good morning, Christy. Oh, I hope you're doing well. I heard you made it home with Bebe. I cannot wait to meet her. <laughs> All right, you guys, we just... Anne Marie. Okay, listen. <laughs> Until you meet her in the flesh, you don't know her. <laughs> she, she, you guys, everybody needs to experience Anne Marie. She is like, seriously, she can, she can be just as silly as the rest of us. But when she is on the job, watch out, just get out of her way. <laughs> I'm saying like, we only get to see kind of like the, the commenter, Anne Marie, but this girl, watch out. Anyway, that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> we decided that we would talk about Holy Week and um, we're going to really narrow that down to um, just a the topic that seems, <laughs> I love you too, fresh on all three of our, our minds. And that that is about rising up. What does it mean that, that Christ has risen from the grave? And and I, I do just like immediately Holy Spirit is reminding me of an encounter that I had with him um, several years ago now. And I'm sure that most of you have heard me share this, but it's so powerful that I want to bring it to the forefront of our minds is um, I, I found myself in a crowded tomb and there were multitudes of people just existing in this tomb. And over the top of all the chatter that was going on was the, the spirit's voice saying, what are you like? It was just this, what are you doing in the tomb kind of thing? And he's like, you know, you are no longer here for you have risen. And it was just such a powerful booming moment for me to remember forever. Remember where my butt belongs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like we are to flow function from a co-seated place with Jesus Christ as risen people. We, if we are in Christ and we have risen with him. And, and so hopefully that's something that you can kind of chew on, but Pepper, let's send it over to you. Oh, good morning. I, I just, I just love, I just love talking about Jesus and, mm -hmm. you know, he's our, our precious one, our beloved one. I mean, just let that sink in. He's mm -hmm. our beloved one. He's our love. He's our and I don't know if it can all sink in, <laughs> you know, what he's done for us. Like Vince, you were talking to, eh, you know, it, it, there's just no words, no gratitude. And, and I love the fact that what he did for us, he didn't hog it all. He was selfish, you know, the mm -hmm. same resurrection power that God gave him. He said, I'm going to share it with you. And so I just woke up with Ezekiel 37 on my mind thinking about resurrection power. And so I think I'll just read that passage and then just let it set in and you guys can take it from there. Uh, this is Ezekiel 37. And he says, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, 
can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. Mm-hmm. And I will lay sinews upon you and cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin, put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. As I prophesied, there was a sound and behold, a rattling and the bones came together, bound to his bones. <laughs> And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and they stood on their feet an exceedingly great army. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Resurrection power. Yeah. Pepper, I, I loved um, last Sunday, you you had gone here in the same place and, um, and I'm leading you because I, I, I want you to get to a point where um, you were talking about the bones and you were talking about Jesus and Lazarus and, mm-hmm. and how you waited. That Jesus waited. Can you can you go there? Because I loved what, what you had said that, you know, sometimes sometimes God waits Mm-hmm. Until the bones mm-hmm. are dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and isn't that the miracle in the mm-hmm. waiting? Isn't that space between what God said and what we see him do? The area of faith where we need the faith of God mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. our faith wavers. And we start out full of faith. And then as we go on the journey, we get focused on the dry bones we get focused on the smell of the corpse. <laughs> mm-hmm. We get focused. <laughs> and then the accuser comes in and wants to use our thoughts and our mouths to accuse our beloved and say, you know, this didn't have to be. He could have came here. He could have done this. If he had done this, there would be no need for this stinking thing in my life. <laughs> There would be no need for my body to be sick. There would be no need for there to be a trial going on in my marriage because we know that he's the way, the truth, and the life. We've seen him do all these miracles. So just like the accuser came to Eve and made her think, you know, God's holding back on you. There's more that he's just not telling you about because he doesn't want you to have it. But if you eat that fruit, you'll get the more. And so the accuser comes in these places in our life in between the promise and in between the resurrection mm. and says, you know, there's a better way. You're missing out. He, he's holding out on you because you've seen him open blind eyes and they'd seen all that stuff up to this point. 
They'd seen him do all kinds of miracles and healing and, and, and multiply bread. So why is he doing this to me this way? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, they, they do. They see all of these things and, and over and over, you know, their, their, their spiritual eyes are opened and reminded like, oh my gosh, I forgot already that this is who he is. And then he goes and dies. I mean, honestly, can you imagine? No. Can you imagine the way that that must have felt for them? Mm-hmm. That uh, even even in the arrest, I think that for the disciples, I mean, I know how much I am tossed, <laughs> and 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 to have the one who who we're now carrying a revelation that he's the one. Right. Like he is the one that, that our people have been waiting on since the beginning of time. And here he is. And now he's handing himself over to be destroyed. Like what on earth would that have felt like? And I well, love and th- the between the promise and the resurrection. My God. Well, and think about it too. Jesus was a personal friend to Lazarus and his family. You know, and to the disciples, he was, he, of course he was the Messiah, but he was more than the Messiah. He was in their inner circle and he, he, you know, and they were in his. And so they had a relationship that the crowds didn't have with him, you know, so it had to be so deep and so precious and, you know, their heart had to, their, their humanity and their heart had to be feel broken and betrayed like Jesus how did you do this <laughs> you know we love you we love you <laughs> yeah wild all right you guys you're gonna have to like really lean in really like lean in Vince is gonna read a, a quote from um, one of Smith Wigglesworth's um, sermons and and you're gonna want to capture this because it's so so good it is, it is really good. And it, it's from his sermon. Uh, it, it was titled uh, the appointed hour life out of death. And uh, so th- this, this section of it just really captured me. So I wanted to share it. It says, and when the hour was come, he sat down and, and the 12 apostles with him when the hour was come, that was the most wonderful hour. There never was an hour never will be an hour like that hour. What hour was it? It was an hour of the passing of creation under the blood. It was an hour of destruction of demon power. It was an hour appointed of life coming out of death. It was an hour when all that ever lived came under a glorious covering of the blood. It was an hour when all the world was coming into emancipation by the blood. It was an hour in the world's history when it emerged from dark chaos, a wonderful hour. Praise God for that hour. Was it a dark hour? It was a dark hour for him, but a wonderful light dawned for us. It was tremendously dark for the son of man, but praise God, he came through it. Such an incredible thing to to consider that when they sat down to to take uh, or, or to eat the meal, the Passover meal, 
this is what was happening. This is what was taking place uh, uh, in the unseen. Yeah. So much leading up to this point, and like you're talking about, um, the the forgetfulness. You know that that he clearly spoke to the disciples what was going to happen, and and they they had such short memories to to forget that there is life and resurrection coming yeah, and that uh, uh, the dry bones would still get up. Mm-hmm. They would have flesh come back to them and it would be eternal. It, it would not have end once that happened. And I, I just love that, that thought and just knowing everything now being able to look back, knowing everything now that that Jesus knew and and could see what was coming and knew that, yes, this was a great moment where it, it was intimate with him and, and the disciples, but he still had that uh, Gethsemane experience coming where he was going to have the, the weight of of all sin and all uh, uh, everything that needed to be redeemed carried on him and, and he's feeling that and sweating blood and and just trying to make it through that time wow. and and even his his closest confidants the the small inner circle within the disciples couldn't even recognize that and stay uh, uh, alert enough to to pray with him uh they they just they 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 would forget this is what's coming, that the death is coming. However, there is life after that. Yeah. And, and then the betrayal and everything that he had to go through in order just to get to the cross. It is. It's mind blowing to me that that he loves us so much to be able to to endure all of that, to, to delight in it and, and really move to that point because he knew the dry bones needed the life to come back to them, that there, it was a time to, to rise up and, and overcome and, and know that he is ushering us into victory. Mm-hmm. And, and like you talked about at the very beginning, Angie, that is our starting point, our place uh, of victory is is where we always take that first step from even if we don't know what it is that's coming god is calling us into something and we don't know what it's going to look like we still take that first step from victory yeah every time yeah and i i think that it's not just our starting point and as you said that i just i i heard god's voice say it's this needs to be your staying point Mm -hmm. right like let's not get up from this space we have to flow from victory if we if we take on the mindset that there is still an enemy to be defeated we diminish what christ accomplished already on our behalf you know so let's be those who are staying in a space of a victory we, we have to do this with one another. We have to do this for one another, constantly reminding each other of where it is that we are seated. At the first grumble, at the first complaint, hold on, let me fix your crown. You know, mm-hmm. like, let me, let me, let me put you back 
uh, on your throne because we, mm-hmm. we have to know that we know that we know that we are seated in heavenly places. The victory has already been accomplished. Does that mean that we don't fight? That's not what I'm saying. Don't misunderstand me. Yes, there is still a, there is still warfare to be done. But if it's not done from a position of power and authority mm-hmm. and dominion, because that's who we are in Him, right? Yeah. Then, then we then we will not see the true victory. We'll think that yeah. it was brought about in our hand to hand combat, right? <laughs> and we know full well that Scripture says this isn't about hand to hand combat, right? This is about us being victorious and knowing that the enemy has already been defeated. Victory has already been bought, purchased. You know, it's been won. And we have to understand the price that was paid for this. And this is something that, that you know, God's told me over this last week is that when you play in the second heavens and understand that this is, this is getting up off of our co-seatedness. When you play in the second heavens, you will pay in the second heavens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, talking about staying in that place of victory and, and knowing we have a defeated enemy. If we forget that, the damage done to us is a lot more. Yeah. When we are, are staying in that place of victory, the worst that can happen to us, regardless of what you see in the natural, the worst that can happen is a bruised heel. Come on. That's it. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst that can happen. Come on. Like, let's celebrate that. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And you guys know one of my favorite things to quote is the Moravian anthem, that the Lamb of God is worthy to receive the reward of his suffering. And we really need to get serious about what that looks like. That means I stay in his victory. I stay in what it is that he purchased. What he did was so that all men could be seated, could be enthroned, could function under his dominion, under his power. Look what he's done. Look what his blood has bought for us. And he is worthy to receive the reward of me staying in my royalty. He is worthy of us just stepping out regardless of whether or not we, we understand what it is that he's asking us to do. Yeah. Yeah. I want to read Ephesians too, just because it's fun and good. <laughs> Starting in verse four, but God still loved us with such great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated as one with Throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of the infinite, limitless riches of his grace and kindness, which was showered upon us in Jesus Christ. We will be the visible display of the infinite, limitless riches of his grace and kindness. 
that's who we are. That's who we are. Pepper. You talked about the hand-to-hand combat, you know, and how it's not us. And I thought of that scripture that talks about it's not by might nor mm-hmm. by power, but it's by his spirit. His spirit. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of things have to happen. First, we have to know that we need victory. And then we have to know that we're not the victor. He mm. is the the battle is not won by us but first you know we have to see Lazarus and smell the rotting flesh we have to see Jesus beaten and bloody and 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 the death process and so he has to set us down in that valley of dry bones Mm -hmm. we can't avoid being set down in the valley of dry bones and Jesus saying, look at this, look at this. This is a mess, but I'm going to show you who I am. But then because we're going to be co-seated and joint heirs, we have to be co-workers with him, co-laborers. And so he says, see this mess? I'm going to take care of this, but you're going to prophesy to these dry bones. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want you to prophesy to these bones. It's not because I'm lacking in power, but you're going to co-labor with me for this mess. So he tells us to prophesy to the dry bones. And Mm -hmm. so maybe that first phase is easier to do, but then we think, oh, the bones are rattling. You know, we got the breakthrough. Oh, good, the bones are rattling. Mm-hmm. But he's like, we're not done. There's no breath in this. Yeah. <laughs> now you're going to prophesy again to the wind. <laughs> I put breath in Adam. Now you're going to help me put breath in your situation, in your dead bones. So, you know, and it's like, I, I think of that in relation to Jesus, you know, we see thousands of years before Jesus and we hear, they, they hear and they quote all the messianic prophecies. Right. So they're prophesying like crazy mm-hmm. about the Messiah coming. And then we see there's like 400 years from the Old Testament to the New Testament when Jesus finally comes like in 180 or somewhere around there. And then... They slack up on their prophesying. Now they're just right there. They're almost just right there. And then it's like, mm-mm, the bones are rattled, but there's no breath in there. You know, keep prophesying, keep prophesying. <laughs> Your Messiah is here, but keep prophesying to his bones. <laughs> they look dead. They look dead, but they're going to rattle and they're going to come and they're going to resurrect on that third day. So keep prophesying, keep prophesying, mm. rise up, rise up, rise up. You know? Yes. Jesus. That's good, Pepper. That's so good. And I think that we do. We so often stop short. We see that initial breakthrough and then we're like, and we're satisfied. But, you know, for for someone who is more than victorious, Mm -hmm. 
My goodness. We've got another mile or two to go. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's the most glorious one, like Vince said. The hour, I think of it like the golden hour. That's the hour that you've been waiting mm -hmm. for. This yeah. isn't the time to not. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. the hour. <laughs> Well, and if you if you think of the story of of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, there were there were steps, right? There wasn't just the you know he delayed on purpose. He knows what he's doing, right? Mm -hmm. So that he could reveal himself in a new nature, like you know, I'm the one. I, it's my voice that causes the life to come back, and and, and so he speaks he speaks to Lazarus and he tells him you know come forth and and that wasn't all i mean he could have stopped short there and then we would have had a lazarus walking around town in grave clothes right <laughs> yeah so there is there is a, an unbinding that needs to take mm. place in wow. that process too and um lisa and i were actually talking i haven't got a chance to talk to her since i got back and we were talking on the way down here and and i was like just you know processing some things and and I began to see a, a picture of what like a deliverance that needs to take place in this age that we're living in because we know that God has brought us into a new space and it's a little foreign for us like we're not sure we have our footing in this or what it's all going to look like but what what God was showing me is there is an unbinding that needs to take place or there is a coming out of that needs to take place because we're carrying residue from this last mm -hmm. era into the space and, and it doesn't compute, right? Like it mm -hmm. won't work. It, it, it's, it's a clash of, of yesterday and today. And, and so there is, God has spoken it. Like we've heard the prophets loud and clear, right? New means new. We're in a new season, a new era. And, um, and so the word has gone out, but th there is an action that needs to take place of unbinding ourselves from what has been or it, or we will miss out. So the, the, the picture that I have of Lazarus needing to be unwrapped from his, his grave clothes. And I am picturing a mummy for um, <laughs> <laughs> a peek inside of my mind. Um, if that doesn't take place, we won't feel the full effect of what it is that God has for us in this yeah. new space. Yeah. It won't be able I, to penetrate. I have the same picture. It's the mummy. <laughs> uh, this, this entire thing just gets me to start thinking about, okay, uh, I've got to, you know, turn this into action. It can't just finish this thought for me. And, and so I'm, I'm starting to think about what is, where, where are the, the dry bones in, in my, in my life or, or within my Metron and not just that, um, okay, yes, there, there might be some dry bones, but what bones are rattling? Mm. Which ones do we need to, to look mm. at and really like, mm. like you're talking about pepper, start prophesying to mm -hmm. not stopping short of like, oh yes, mm -hmm. the rattling is taking place. Mm -hmm. Great. What's next? Look what I have done. <laughs> look at me. Look what's happened. Yeah, no, it's, you can't stop. Now is the time to, to prophesy to the wind to see breath come into, into these things, because we do, we absolutely do stop short so often mm -hmm. at the rattling 
and, and, and we miss out on what is next. Yeah. That's that, my, my awe question. And what mm-hmm. else? Mm-hmm. And what else? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that that's happened, what else? Now that we've prophesied, we see the breath coming in. What else? What's next? How are we leading this army that's rising up that we're calling breath into? Mm. Are, are we leading them to be victorious and, and unlocking freedom for them to yeah. know that they are, are co-seated in victory? Or are, are we leading them into uh, victimhood like, like we so often see? Yeah. What are we, what are we doing with this now? Yeah. Good questions. What are we doing with this now? Freedom is yours. He, he opened it up for you. uh, When he kicked open the grave, that's always how I picture it. It's kind of that 300 moment, you know, where he, he, says this is Sparta and kicks that guy you know that's always how I picture Jesus coming out of the grave so <laughs> you, you and every other man <laughs> probably probably so Rambo Jesus Rambo Jesus yeah. oh gosh I love that I love that yes what are we doing with our resurrection power mm-hmm. I hope we're not sitting on it. Mm. I hope we're not just letting it collect dust on the shelf. Mm-hmm. I think we're afraid of it a little bit though. Don't you? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think because it's such an unknown thing to us because by and large, we aren't seated, you know, like mm-hmm. we, we take ourselves off of our co-seatedness all the time. We shrink down into spaces that we actually weren't designed to be functioning in and, um, and and I think that so much of it is because of, of the fear of of the unknown of the thing. Like, what if it doesn't work? You know, right. it's that space of serving the outcome. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're misusing and abusing the power of prophecy by looking into you know potential incomes that or not incomes outcomes that would um, that would could possibly you know make us look less than, and um, and that's 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 wrong. It's actually quite blasphemous <laughs> for us to be wielding tools that have been gifts given to us in that nature. And, and so we need to we need to give that up. Yeah. That needs to be given up for Lent. OK, and there you go. <laughs> and, and we need to just be brave and, and start asking God, like, teach me how to utilize this. And because I think for most of us, we would be we would be afraid to even to, to speak resurrection power over someone who is dying. Right. Yeah. Because we are so afraid of the the outcome, mm-hmm. the potential outcome and or not working. And, and I think that that's our hang up with healing and, and why we don't really jump into that as quickly as we should is because we're we're serving that the outcome rather than the one who's worthy of me picking the tool up in the first place. Yeah. We'll take that outcome um, thought and we will run with that and what it looks like and, and have our imagination just go and, and create a story of what people think and what they'll say and what they'll do and how they'll react to us rather than taking like what you're talking about. Uh, okay. I, I'm jumping into this healing. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Okay, 
help me walk this out. What is what am I doing next? What what am I seeing you doing? And, and taking that conversation with him further, rather than that that uh, uh, one that leads us to shrinking, right? And and taking ourselves off the co-seated place, like you said, right? It's yeah. easy to do that. I, I mean, I, I know I find myself still doing it every, right. every now and again, and I will catch myself and like, what are you doing right now? It's kind of like one of those. Sh- shake myself awake moments. Mm-hmm. What's happening here? Yeah. Yeah. Pepper, last thoughts? Yeah, I do. Um, I was just thinking how to leading up to that outcome that we want, you know, we look at the big things and I need you, Jesus, for that. And of course we need him for the big things, but like some of the little things, it's like, I don't need you for this. I got this, Jesus. I just need you for this big thing. (laughs) But to realize throughout the whole process, we need him for all the steps and to not overlook any of those steps. And the other day I just shut my eyes for just, my eyes had just literally shut. And then a gnat flies in front of my face. And I'm like, okay, God, why did you just fly a gnat in front of my face? (laughs) And so my immediate thought was that scripture that talks about how we gag in a gnat and swallow a camel. So I thought, "Uh uh-oh, God's telling me I'm making too big a deal out of small things. So I thought, I'm going to look this, look in the dream book. And really... It was the opposite. It was saying, don't overlook the little things. Pay attention to the little things, (laughs) you know? And so there are things in our lives that we think, I don't need the resurrection power for this. Mm -hmm. I just need this little thing to happen and I can make it happen. You know, that big thing I need him for with this little thing. But um, I'd love to read a, a quick story in second kings because it's fun too i like this story but you'll be familiar with this it's about the uh axe head that was recovered and it's second Kings six now the sons of the prophet said to elisha see the places where we dwell under your charge is too small for us let us go to the jordan and each of us get there a log and let us make a place for us to dwell there and he answered go then one of them said be pleased to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was felling a log, his axe head fell into the water and he cried out, alas, my master, it was borrowed. Then the man of God said, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, he cut off the stick and threw it in there and made the iron float. And he said, take it up. So he reached out his hand and took it. Now that sounds like, well, that's so stupid. It's just an ax head, you know? <laughs> but that was a big deal in the Old Testament because there were all these laws as to how you had to treat your neighbor and your neighbor's cattle. And yeah. so if you borrowed something from your neighbor and it doesn't matter whether you meant it to happen or not, if it came to peril or got lost, there were laws how you had to recompense them. And most of them, to me, seem like it was more than the loss, <laughs> you know? So he's like, oh, my God, master the accent. <laughs> like know? an accent for a life. 
he's like, okay, calm down, calm down, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I think we have those little axe heads in our life that we don't realize, you know, speak resurrection power to it too, because it, it's not going to float without the power of Jesus. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like we're, we're hoarding resurrection power and, and making, making decisions based on our carnal knowledge of like, mm. oh, that's not actually worthy of, you know, and, yeah. and, and I just want to remind us of what Ephesians <laughs> said um, about uh, throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of the infinite limitless riches, right? Like it's, it, it goes on and on and on. And I think that in, in our minds, um, especially in our Western culture, you know, we, we're greedy, right? And, and we hold back and we don't bless like we should. And, and we're, we're using that same mentality regarding God's power. And it is his desire that it be infinite and limitless. Mm. So we need to kind of get over ourselves mm. and, and agree with God in this area. Freely received, freely give. In abundance, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, we need an abundant mindset. Mm -hmm. Free flowing. Yeah, I just I want to I want to pray for us really quick. And Father, right now we repent of having a, a, a mentality and a mindset that does not bless you, that does not measure up to who you are. And right now we are asking for the infinite, limitless mindset regarding your glory, regarding your power, regarding your authority, regarding your dominion, mm -hmm. that we would be those who rise up to where it is that you have placed our feet and that we would rule and that we would reign from there without limits, that we would listen in, that we would hone in on your voice, that we would see and do what it is that you're doing. And that we would just be so crazy abundant about it, just in releasing it, even if it isn't at. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Give me the ganats, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that we would take even the smallest thing and we would lay hold of the most regarding that. Because that's what you would do. Mm -hmm. You would go low. You are the God who stoops down just to make us great. And right now we acknowledge your worth. Right now we just declare that you are worthy to be praised. You are worthy of everything that we can conjure up right now. That we would lay low all else to make much of your name, Jesus. Let us be ever aware of your name imprinted across our foreheads. Mm -hmm. And we thank you for what it is that you have done on our behalf, Jesus. And that we would be ever aware of your worth. Yes. You are worthy to receive the reward of your suffering. Yes. Lamb of God, let us make much of you. Amen. 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 Oh. Wow. 
I love Jesus. <laughs> I just like saying that. Do you like saying that? Amen. I just Amen. love declaring. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Not to make much of me, but to make much of him. <laughs> All right, friends, thank you for joining us on this Wednesday, and we bless the rest of your Holy Week that you would see Christ before you. Talk soon.